1: This is Kits and Wagers. I'm Adam Adroyk, joined by Jack Burkhart is here stepping in for Chris Owen. It's Beers and Wagers. Also for Jack, it's Ants and Wagers. What's up, Jack?
2: Oh my goodness. Well, there's so much going on, right? I have big shoes to fill with Chris. I feel intimidated, but you know, we're gonna make some bets with friends. We're gonna have some fun doing it. So I'm not too worried about that part. I am worried about the ants inside of my house, though. I was trying to, you know, study all the historical trends. And there's ants in my kitchen. So instead of my prep, I'm blasting them with vinegar spray and looking at wiki how and all of this fun stuff. (laughs) But, you know, I'd say it's like uh, I'd say it's like minus 200. I find a way to deal with these ants within a week. But uh, I don't know. Maybe you want to take the other side of that.
1: (laughs) Minus 200. Uh, Well, you got to you got to clean up all that beer you spilt earlier. uh, Oh, my goodness. Get that out of the way. Um, (laughs) Clean clean the
2: countertops.
1: Yeah, clean up the strawberries. Get those out of there. Uh, something like that, right?
2: Yeah, no fruit. It's gonna be a fruit-free zone. I took everything off the countertops. I become a madman with this stuff. The insects. You know, I'm a mathematician. I don't. I don't deal with insects. So uh, <laughs> I need. To... <laughs> I'm a, not a brave person when it comes to it. So hopefully it gets dealt with.
1: Very true. So we also got beers and wagers here. Actually, let's go, let's go kits and wagers. Cause I, I don't know exactly what you're wearing. I thought you're going to be, I thought you were going to come on with Tottenham. So I'm like, okay, we we got Aston Villa. So I put my Villa kit on, but, but what do you got here?
2: I've been really rolling through the through the kits because I've been um, I've been Hollywood Jack on all these streams mm-hmm. lately talking about showdown. So, I wanted to break this one out. It's been a little while. It's the Colombian national team. It's one of their kits. So, I don't know if it was a recent one, but my dad's cousins' husbands' parents live in Colombia and they went out to visit and they got me this kit. And you know, I'm a huge Davinson Sanchez fan on Tottenham Hotspur, so I got to support them got to support the, support the wow. national teams of the guys on the team. I thought you were going um, to say you...
1: Hamas, but uh...
2: No, 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 no. Davinson, for sure. And then, uh, you know, I guess, uh, is uh, Zapata, is he Colombian? I don't know, one yeah, of these Atlanta Duvant strikers. Zapata, yeah. yeah, one of these Atlanta yeah. strikers I play when I play Serie A, DFS. Uh, so, you know, I have a soft spot for the Colombians. Are you repping John McGinn today? Should I rep John McGinn?
1: No, I got Gabby Agbon Lahore over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh the aston villain legend who is now on i don't know talk radio his his clips always appear uh on my twitter timeline about him saying something crazy something stupid something like that but uh uh, Gabby Bonahor, uh i don't know 10 years ago maybe was it twenty twenty three yeah about 10 years something like that so
2: how'd you end up with uh with that is it a bit or uh you a big fan
1: Um, I was, I was, uh, I don't know, halfway Aston Villa fan, maybe about 10 plus years ago or something. Uh, I, I I, I was friends with a, uh, currently an MLS announcer. He's from Birmingham. And like, we kind of bonded over talking about Aston Villa a little bit. And I can't even remember when I got this actual kit, if it was before or after that, but it was just like, oh. I think this also had to do with FIFA because Igban Lahore was just like one of those fast guys, maybe ninety plus speed, and you just plug him in, get him on the wing, and he just runs by everyone. I think it also had something to do with that.
2: Uh, yeah, this is this is the only legitimate pace strategy, just by just recruit ninety five speed wingers and then uh just sprint.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was Igban Lahore on the wing and then crossing it into I think it was Emil Heskey. I think that's I think that's what the uh what the move was back. In, I don't know, 2010 back in my college days of playing FIFA, something like that. So there you go. What could go but wrong? We got, but we got betting here. So Jack, this is his first time on the betting show. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it beforehand. And I mean, he does a lot of DFS. He's still, you know, analyzing matches. So it's not like this is, it's not like he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, you know, paid attention to the premier league or these teams all season. And he's just jumping on, uh, he looks at these teams. He takes five hours to write his DFS article. So <laughs> he, he does in depth research and uh we'll see what kind of bets he's got. I, I know what he has, but we'll we'll see if the people like his bets or not. But
2: yeah, the tricky thing is with DFS, I always just get to, you know, take my galaxy brain out for a walk and ponder just the most absurd scenarios that might plausibly happen. So I'm more attracted to long shot bets in general. You know, we'll I see. see. That.
1: I forgot beers and wagers. What are you drinking?
2: Oh, I'm drinking a fine Minnesotan beer called grain belt. So this is grain belt premium. It's probably the best cheap light beer out there. I'm a big light beer guy. Uh, The haters can flood the comments with my taste. (laughs) And, um, if you're ever in Minnesota, make sure to grab like two thirty packs and, uh, you won't be disappointed. It'll be the best, you know, 40 bucks you ever spend. But it's just easy drinking. I think it's called the Friendly Beer. So cheers to the Friendly Beer Grain Belt premium. Friendly Beer Grain Belt.
1: I think I remember Grain Belt when I went out there a few years ago. I, I definitely remember Surly because I went to Surly Brewing Company uh, in Minneapolis there. But Surly's good, yeah. I don't know if I've had Grain Belt. I get a local beer. I'm always, I always got to go with local beer. So this one's from Grand Rapids. We got,
2: here we go. We got, it's called Fruit Moon. Fruit Moon. All right, is that a blueberry I, beer?
1: I can do this correctly here. That it is a blueberry. It is blueberry bonanza wheat ale with vanilla and lemon. Uh, it's from. Let me get this right. Broadleaf Brewery in Grand Rapids. Uh, I kind of tastes a little bit like a uh, blue moon. I'd say. Uh, oh, so nice. if you're into, so it's like a wheat ale. It's it's not too heavy or anything. So you know maybe Jack will like this one as a as a non heavy. <laughs> beer drinker
2: as a light beer connoisseur yeah we'll see
1: (laughs) chris robinson's not even the best beer grand belt grain belt makes so uh he's got he's got uh green
2: thoughts he's a northeast guy i disagree but i respect it
1: all right so let's get into the betting here we we got we talked about a little bit everything else here so we can see the records i'm on i'm in the midst of maybe the worst one or two week stretch of the season My article is fine. My my article is currently up on Rotowire.com. Check that out after you listen to this show. Uh, I think I lost every bet last week. Uh, Chris, I think he hit one or two, Uh, but I lost every bet. I'm still at 60 and 33. We're coming into the final stretch. We got three weeks left and just hoping not to uh, completely fall off the rails here, but I can't fall off the rails too much. Uh, If you want to check out the records for all of the teams, we got them up on the site kits and wagers betting records but the first match we got we had to throw this one on actually i i wrote down the games before before i knew jack was actually doing this uh and it was this aston villa tottenham match because we're talking about three matches that matter this week and as we saw on monday some of these teams don't have anything to play for and it's kind of almost impossible to project what's going to happen but some of these the teams are talking about today Uh, They all have something to play for. So we got Aston Villa at home. They're plus 130 to win. Tottenham are plus 195. Those odds have kind of moved a little bit, but they're still in the same range that they were about, what, April 30th, about 10 days ago. You got the draw at plus 270. Over two and a half goals is minus 135. Under two and a half goals, plus 110. So, Jack, I know your bet. And this is this is your squad. So Chris's squad is Liverpool, and uh, he, he's he's done pretty well on Liverpool bets this season. So can you match this with your Tottenham bets? What do you think about this matchup here?
2: Um, I was kind of surprised to see that the over had so much steam. I kind of looked at both teams' goal scoring form, and I know Tottenham's defense has been particularly bad. I mean, you know, allowing six goals away to Newcastle—that's just absolutely inexcusable. <laughs> Gets the manager fired. They allowed a four to Liverpool just a humiliating matchup to Liverpool. It still makes me a bit sad. You know, Spurs fans, we always find a new way to be disappointed. There's always, there's never a local minimum. You can always just go down a bit more. Um... But I noticed that Aston Villa have been struggling to score goals lately. Um, I looked at their last three results, and they're all 1-0. Now I'm currently forgetting because I'm on screen if it, those were wins or losses. But in their past six fixtures, they only have seven goals, and they have a pretty good defense. They've only allowed four at the same time. So that's how they've been able to keep their positive momentum going and staying up on the higher end of the table. And I know Tottenham's defense is kind of a laughing stock, but just held a clean sheet against Crystal Palace and I checked that was the first clean sheet since February where Tottenham kept a clean sheet against West Ham, so it's really been it's really been quite a while, but minus one thirty feels a little bit um a little bit rich for the over. I was kind of thinking a matchup where this is like a one one type of thing or maybe like a two one or a one two which again that would hit the over, but um I could definitely see i don't know it's tough to ever say I think Tottenham will keep a clean sheet, right but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know Villa might not score. And Tottenham might not score because Villa play pretty well at home. So, I don't know. I guess I said I could see it going a lot of ways, but half the time, this being a two-one or one-two or greater, that feels like, you know, like fifty-five percent of the time. I don't know. That doesn't feel quite right to me. What do you think?
1: So let's get your expertise here. So, so we got Longlet, Langlet, Langlet, Clement, Longlet. I
2: <laughs> keep trying, you'll get it.
1: <laughs> we I don't we haven't gotten the uh, the press conference yet for. From Ryan Mason, but Emerson started as a center back last match. We got Ben Davies back as a left wing back in place of Ivan Perisic, uh last match. Maybe some of that led to the clean sheet. I think it was like what Crystal Palace only had five shots. It was I was kind of surprised at how little they did in that match. So, I mean, I think you said before that game Emerson and it's like, OK, here we go. Emerson playing center back. And I mean, they got the clean sheet and they played pretty well. Uh, do you think that was maybe a fluke or you think it's because Ben Davies in there? Maybe they're just a little better defensively overall than they were with Parisage.
2: I think they will be a little bit stronger defensively with Ben Davies, but I mean, maybe you can say that the defensive personnel worked, or maybe you can say that this is a Roy Hodgson managed crystal Palace team that they were playing at home. So, you know, five shots, I guess, I mean, I thought some players like Wilfried Zaha might, uh, give the back line more troubles but Tottenham didn't really have too much trouble in that game um so I don't know I don't know if it's a it's one game sample right but I don't know if it's because Tottenham's defense all of a sudden improved or Crystal Palace are kind of just a boring team i more lean towards the latter they are a little bit boring than that but certainly the I think the change in personnel might have helped Emerson's a frustrating player but he's a good player so I feel like this, you know, right sided center back move. That probably wasn't just like a random thought by Ryan Mason. I think that's mm-hmm. maybe something that's been in the works for a little while. Cause if you don't just throw that out there. That's like Ted Lasso stuff. You know, it's not going to go well, but I, so I think they t- made tactical sense out of it.
1: I guess I'd even, uh, unless I missed something, did they line up in a four, four, two, or is that actually what happened? Was it actually Emerson playing uh... right, playing right back? And
2: Pedro Porro is up in the midfield. You know, it's one of these things where the shape is flexible, right? Like I, right. when I was watching the game, all I was seeing was that Pedro Porro was just bombing down the right wing. Um, but he's an aggressive I, wing back, and I assume hard- that's
1: just because Opta just bases it off where these guys are at. And Ben Davies is more defensive than Perisic, so maybe they're interpreting it that he actually was more of a left back than a left wing back, and. Pedro Porro was out the field so much that you know four four two will give him a right side of midfield spot something like that. I mean, it, I guess it's not a huge difference, but uh, yeah. well, looking at the box score, I did just notice that.
2: Well, I mean, okay, it's Opta, like Opta yeah. is like a <laughs> bunch of interns bashing a keyboard, so I'm not sure what I necessarily think of that. Maybe it's based off of heat maps, but. I mean, certainly it's not like an incorrect way of looking at things. I didn't really see Emerson making runs. So I think he was just like, it might be one of these things where Tottenham, when they had possession and they did have the most possession in that game, poor was going down and it looks like a back four. Mm-hmm. Right. But maybe when they're d- keeping a defensive shape, it's going to look like a a three at the back type of situation. Um, yeah. Uh, these things can be a little bit fluid, right? Like the mm-hmm. formation isn't super formal.
1: Right. Yeah, just to be clear, so seven shots for Crystal Palace. Uh, I didn't want to give a lie about that five shots. They had 0.36 expected goals. Tottenham had eight shots and 0.88 expected goals. So what do you got for your bet here?
2: So I looked at Tottenham's recent road form, and the thing that's sticking out into my mind is that Tottenham have been allowing goals very early in matches. So they allowed two first-half goals when they played at home against Manchester United. They allowed two early goals against Liverpool in the first 15 minutes. It might have even been like three in the first 20 minutes. And then, of course, that humiliating Newcastle game that led to Stellini getting fired. So I'm thinking, you know, it's Tottenham on the road. They just came off against a bad um, bad Crystal Palace team. I am taking um, Aston Villa first half money line. And the thesis behind this is that Tottenham have been getting off to slow starts lately. They've, it's been taking them a little while to settle into games you know, they'll start a little bit disorganized, you know, Aston Villa are a better team than Crystal Palace. They have more talented attackers, especially if it's one of these more experimental defensive lines with Emerson as a right-sided center back. It's very easy to imagine that it takes Spurs a little while to play into this game. And, you know, someone like Ollie Watkins, someone like John McGinn, anyone can get a quick goal. So the thesis here is that I think Aston Villa will be the first team to score, but that bet is minus 125. So I thought, Tottenham probably don't score in the first half, so I'll take Aston Villa to win in the first half. Imagine, you know, one zero type of thing. You can probably get more value on the one zero if you want. Um, that might be like plus 200, but I settled on this at plus 130 here. I thought it made sense. Wait, is it so plus doing? 130 or plus 180? Oh, geez. I was looking at your bet, Adam, on the left hand side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 plus 180. Okay, so okay, that is yeah, better yes. odds than plus 130. Yeah, so you're looking at a bet that, you know, most, you know, over half the time it doesn't hit, but I still think it has, I don't know, Aston Villa being up one zero. I think this has a decent shot of happening. But um
1: Yeah, I I agree. If you get the minus one twenty five and Aston Villa to score first, obviously they can score first in the second half and then this bet loses, but the difference between that minus one twenty five to score first versus first half money line at plus one eighty is, is pretty tasty there. I'm going to the same range. I think we have kind of the same thoughts on this one, though maybe you think Tottenham are gonna come back, but I have this one as kind of a low-scoring match. I do have another bet on this one in my article, so check it out. Though I kind of just gave it away, but I got Aston Villa to win at plus one thirty, playing at home. uh, Are we we positive that that Ryan Mason has his team turned around? Just because you know he changes a couple things in the lineup. Are we positive that you know the one-nil win against Crystal Palace against Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace at home is really you know Tottenham back to I don't know back to early season form, I guess, but. I think the big thing here is that these teams have a ton to play for. Uh, Aston Villa at home, I don't—they haven't allowed a goal in their last five home matches. And while well, a lot of those games, you know, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, they have that match against Newcastle, which kind of surprised me a little bit. They completely dismantled Newcastle, who are, are playing better than Tottenham are right now. And if they can do that against Newcastle, if they're they're up for this match, I, I think that this is just a spot where. You know, they can get that first half money line and they can hold on for the win. I assume like Den Donker, well, maybe Den Donker is going to be back. But uh, Unai Emery made a point to mention that everyone in the team is healthy. He has everyone at his disposal now. Maddie Cash is available. Uh, He's been out for a couple couple months. A few other guys returned uh, last week as well. So they got a full squad outside of, you know, third team goalkeeper Jed Steer. Uh, I'll mention that just to give some respect to Steer's name here, but I'm going to ask Villa to win like them at home. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a low scoring win. That's that's what I got.
2: Yeah. I, it's tough to debate that. I think Villa probably the slightly more well put together team at this point in the season, no disrespect to Ryan Mason, but he's the caretaker manager and he's doing his best. So um, I feel like they'll have the managerial edge and, villa playing at home i mean villa are the favorite team in this matchup right they're like 14 Mm. it's right there at plus 130 so of the three draw win lose outcomes that's the most likely outcome for them and it's tough to it's tough to fight you on that like if this was 1-0 aston villa i wouldn't be too surprised
1: i'll take it i might be maybe i'll bet that exactly we'll see we'll see
2: there's some juicy exact numbers out there
1: (laughs) we'll look at those later all right, we got next match Sunday. So that match was Saturday. This one's Sunday. Another game that means means a little bit, means a little bit to these teams. So Arsenal still playing for the top of the table. Brighton are is between Aston Villa and Tottenham. So if Aston Villa can beat Tottenham and then Brighton whether they lose or draw against Arsenal, those teams fighting for sixth place will all be within one point of each other. So that is going to be fun if that's what happens. But we'll talk about this game here. Arsenal are home against Brighton. Arsenal are minus 135. It's gone up a little bit. I think it's a lot because of Brighton's injuries. We got Brighton at plus 330 to win. Draw is plus 320. And as I look here, we're going to have over two and a half goals is minus 190. So expecting a lot of goals. Over three and a half goals plus 135. Under two and a half goals plus one. 50 so we got to mention injuries saliba confirmed out for the season zinchenko confirmed out for the season so we're gonna get kieran Tierney playing left back we'll probably get Jakob kiwi or playing center back again as for brighton we have it i highly doubt solomon march is going to be available uh, picked up a hamstring injury i think that was monday we'll see if veltman's ready again we haven't had the press conference yet but this team is kind of just beaten up a little bit and robert Roberto de Zerbi has had to, you know, make some changes to the lineup. Moises Caicedo has played right back. We've had Buana Note, uh, and Ciso. I guess Evan Ferguson's coming back. So we just have all these young guys who weren't really getting a ton of time early in the season. Now they're kind of thrust into starting roles however often they're playing every five days, something like that. So they have all those questions. Uh I definitely think that's going to hurt them in this spot against Arsenal, but Arsenal home need a win. Brighton kind of need to win coming off that big loss against Everton. Do you think our, Ar- or yeah, you do think Arsenal get this win here? Minus Minus one thirty still seems kind of, kind of small, but maybe not when you consider Brighton as a whole this season.
2: Yeah, maybe not. I think this uh, number is giving some respect to what Brighton have achieved, especially in the last few months, but. I've talked about this in the Discord. You know, when we're playing DFS, we're talking about Brighton. And, like, they're bringing out what I coined the JV squad just because it's a lot of youth players who haven't had a lot of time. I feel like when DeZerby gets to bring out his preferred eleven, Brighton are, like, a scary, scary team, especially when Solly March was in just, like, such fine form for a little while there. But, I mean, now we're bringing out Enciso, Bouyonate. You have Pascal Gross at right back. I mean, he's just not a great defender. Pascal Gross is going to have to defend... Gabriel Martinelli on that wing. I feel like that's probably going to be that's probably going to be a mismatch on that end. Um, so I feel like Arsenal maybe should get a little bit more favor. Just, but I mean, I guess they haven't had good results lately either. So all these things baked into the numbers. But I kind of want to trust the talent that Arsenal have on this roster. They're at home, and Brighton are just a little bit banged up. And I think this squad is a serious uh, a serious decline. From their preferred 11. And this is kind of a controversial take. They've been rotating a little bit. And the results have been extremely volatile. I mean, Everton just crushed them last week. But I think they had a ridiculously good performance the week before. I forget what precisely that matchup was. And they were still rotating. Yeah, Wolves. Yeah, they crushed Wolves. But I think the game before it was a little bit of a struggle, if I remember everything correctly. So I think maybe one way to look at this game is, I think we know what to expect from Arsenal. Uh, They've been leaking goals a little bit, but they still have a fine attack. And uh, Brighton, I mean, you know, ask the Magic 8 ball what their mood is going to be. This could go in a lot of directions.
1: Yeah, the thing about that Brighton-Everton match, seeing a couple things on, on Twitter, just how Sean Dyche just managed the heck out of that game and, and kind of just played right into played right into Brighton's hands of how they wanted to play. They knew, I mean, you know how Brighton's going to play. They're going to want possession, and, and Everton, instead of doing a full press, Full pressure, they kind of sat back a little bit and then pressed, stole the ball, and then went on their counter. And their counter was often like four on three, that kind of a thing. And they just, Dwight McNeil just had so many opportunities along with a couple other guys. Iwobi, Decorey was often attacking as well. Decorey was like that fourth attacking guy. Uh, the matchup's probably not going to go the same because Everton, not the same team as Arsenal, but these teams played earlier in the season. Uh, I think it was maybe the last day of the year, December, late December, uh, when, you know, Deserby was still there. And I just think that, you know, the Brighton style of kind of dominating possession and kind of working from there, uh, it's just not going to work against Arsenal. I kind of think a kind of repeat result will happen to that one. So I am leaning Arsenal at home. Brighton a little harder to trust away and then given to given their injuries, given how they just performed, uh, you got to like Arsenal here. It's kind of a funny, funny month for Arsenal. It was like, okay, uh, giving up two goals every match, lost to Manchester City, dropped a couple points against Liverpool, West Ham, and it's like, okay, Arsenal are done. And it's like, okay, now actually they're going to win 2-0 at Newcastle, one of the best home teams this season. So maybe, maybe Arsenal are just are just uh, back to being themselves. Uh We'll, we'll see. I mean, Jorginho has moved into the starting 11, which I think is kind of interesting. But uh, So what do you think here? I, I think we're both on the Arsenal side, but what do you got for a bet?
2: Um, what I have for the bet, you were mentioning how the over 2.5 was really low odds, but I've noticed that Jorginho has been starting for Arsenal. I think that makes them a bit more defensively vulnerable. I mean, Kirior and Rob Holding, whoever starts as the other center back, that's just not as great a fit. Kieran Tierney is a downgrade on the left-hand side. Um, and Arsenal have been leaking a lot of goals and their matchups have been particularly high scoring. So I have in my notes, you know, in the past games, so there was a, they beat Newcastle 2-0, but the totals in Arsenal's five games before that were four goals, five goals, six goals, four goals, and four goals. Like including uh, giving up three goals to Southampton. So we know that they'll certainly be able to score against Brighton. I expect, you know, two goals from them. So the question is is can arsenal maybe get that third goal and can we get like one or two goals from brighton can this game be something like a two two three two type of result so i thought that there would be some goals in this matchup so i took the over three and a half i get that at plus 135 if feel- i feel like a massive fish taking one of these like uh, exotic over totals um but i think the recipe is there for a higher scoring match and um I'd rather cheer for the over, so that's how that, that's my that's my breakdown of it. And I think the way that these teams have been lining up and playing, I mean, Brighton they conceded five goals to Everton, and they have another mat and they have other matches in their previous six where they the total is six goals, four goals, three goals, three goals. So both these teams have been involved in high scoring matches. So I think it at least makes some sense. And at plus one thirty five, I'll take it. Why not? Go for
1: it. Yeah, even that that Arsenal Newcastle match, us two nil. It was. There could have been you a lot felt, of goals. Yeah, you felt that Newcastle maybe should have scored one or two in that first half, and and they didn't. And it just kind of got away from them a little bit in the second half. Uh, I think Arsenal added that second one later, but and it kind of ended things. But it did feel like a match where it was it was up and down. It was, it was a fun game to watch, but Newcastle just couldn't put one past them. But, uh, we'll, I mean, we'll see if Brighton can do it. So I'm kind of in that same vein here. So I like Arsenal money line. And that was minus 130. So I just wanted a little, little better odds than that. So I'm just throwing that together. Simple single game parlay here. Throw that with over one and a half goals. So as as long as it's not one nil. As long as it's not one nil, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're throwing that in. So it's plus 100 odds. So instead of minus 130, we got Arsenal money line with over one and a half goals, plus 100. Pretty simple. If Arsenal win, you got to think that it's not uh, a one nil win. Hopefully, you got to think that it's not a 1-0 win. But uh, do you think Arsenal are going to win? I guess that's the question here.
2: I, I think they will. I think when the Brighton side rotates, I think Arsenal are just the better team. And I'd prefer the more talented team, even if they struggled a little bit. I mean, form can be a little mm-hmm. bit random in nature as well. So I, I think just pick the better team to win at home. It feels pretty straightforward.
1: Pick the better team to win at home. Uh, That's what we're going to do for this Monday night football match here. MNF, uh, better team to win at home is Leicester City. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, Leicester City are home against Liverpool. Leicester City are down in the basement here. They're sitting on 30 points. They have not looked good recently. Dean Smith does not seem to be the answer. Liverpool, they've won. I think it's six straight, seven straight. I get it wrong every time, but uh, they're still fighting here. They still have a chance at top four. I think that's down to like plus 180, maybe 165. They're on 62 points. Uh, Manchester United sitting on 63 points, but with a game in hand. So uh, that will be interesting here in the final few game weeks. But we got Leicester City plus 400 to win. Liverpool minus 175. And the draw is plus 360. And another match that is projecting to have goals. We got over two and a half goals is minus 205. Over three and a half goals is only plus 115. So that's no defense here. Under two and a half is plus 155. I don't think there's any new injuries here. Pretty much the same same stuff for Leicester and Liverpool if we look in the lineups here. Liverpool went, uh, Cody Gakpo played kind of a midfield role last game. Maybe that's the biggest change from from them. Uh, as for Leicester City, maybe they'll make some changes. Maybe they won't. Uh, <laughs> given how, what was that, that match on Monday, they, I mean, even though even it wasn't Monday, but Five three against Fulham. If you're allowing five goals to Fulham and they don't have Mitrovic, uh, you got to change something up. So I figured Leicester City might look a little different. We'll see. I, I I didn't really know how much I wanted to change in their in their projected lineup, but uh, I think I threw in Ndidi instead of Dennis Pryet there to be to be a little more defensive in this game. But uh, do you think Leicester City have a chance here, or are they going to be relegated? Unfortunately for James Madison, I guess, and Jamie Vardy's career.
2: Yeah, uh, no, I, I really don't think Leicester have much of a chance. Um, I was watching a video on Reddit just scrolling through in the morning, and the fans were <laughs> singing in the away end, you're not fit to wear the shirt. Um, so it's not good. So Dean Smith better change. All yeah, to all, all of them. Yeah, to all of them. Yeah, just it. singing the team as they were exiting the field. Um, I, I so- did watch
1: James Madison's interview after the match, and he uh, he had some comments about it. But it was just like, obviously, we're training hard. Uh, And want to win, but that, you know, that kind of thing. So it wasn't anything, you know, breaking the, breaking anyone's minds or anything, but.
2: Yeah. I mean, the results have been poor and the away fans are angry. This is like tale as old as time uh, Mm (laughs) and in uh, English soccer. But if you're Dean Smith, I mean, you have to change something. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that Jamie Vardy has been brought back into the team. Like. This is like a joke that he's, I do at He's the talking end. him
1: up every press conference. It's like, Jamie Vardy? No, he's still got it. He's still got it. You see him. Yeah. He got that goal. He's still there. I knew it was there. He's been working hard. He's good. He's elite. He's he's, he's playing like
2: he's 29, something like that. Sure. Playing like he's 29. <laughs> That's not even a <laughs> endorsement. Um, the I was going to say like
1: 21, but I was like, nah, it's
2: too far. It's too far. Probably playing in like the fifth division at that, at that <laughs> age. Because I know he had like quite the rise up. But I do this bit in Fantasy Premier League when I like neglect my team and everything's going poorly. I bring in Jamie Vardy in the last few weeks and I give him my captain armband. And I feel like uh, about that much thought has been put into Dean Smith starting Jamie Vardy. A difference between us is that I'm not a Premier League manager. Um, I just think Leicester have been extremely bad. I mean, they've been defensively quite bad I don't like their starting choices I don't think Dean Smith is that great a Premier League manager I don't think he's had much success in the Premier League it's just one of these like stupid hires that these teams circling the drain make Um, this team just seems doomed I don't know I maybe that's really harsh I mean Liverpool haven't been world beaters but they're settling into kind of a newer tactical system It's just tough to believe that Liverpool struggled too much to Leicester. But I guess Leicester in the past has been like a bogey team for Liverpool. But I don't know if that's just kind of randomness or something. I I still like Liverpool to win this match.
1: That is true. It was a year and a half ago, maybe, when uh, it was Leicester's kind of – or Liverpool's kind of down season. But I think Leicester's entire team was hurt. Yep, I'm looking here. December 28th. Uh, Leicester city won one nil. And this was like during COVID and they start, this is they started Wilfred and Didi at center back. Uh, so like one of those games, uh, Hamza Chidori, he got the start guys rarely played in the premier league. I think that was the, also the conversion of Daniel Amardi to center back and they won that one, one nil. Uh, that one is always fresh in my mind, but Liverpool have won the last two. So uh, do you think this is just going to be Leicester city kind of need three points here and they're going to go for it? Or do you think they're going to, you know, maybe it's impossible to go for it in this spot because if they try and go for it, they're going to allow five goals. do so you think maybe they're going to be a little more defensive and just kind of hope for the be defensive, get the counterattacking goal, get the classic Jamie Vardy counterattacking goal, win one nil and, and uh, not be relegated.
2: I think that's that's gotta be the goal if you're Dean Smith. I mean, hopefully you're not gonna wanna be in a back and forth game with Liverpool for ninety minutes. I mean, this team stinks, they're not gonna be able to keep up. So, you know, maybe try to just be solid, exit halftime zero zero, and then start getting a little bit more risky as the game opens up a little bit more. That's how they should approach it, but I don't know. Maybe they'll do something stupider than that. We'll just have to
1: see. So yeah, looking at your bet, you do think lesser are gonna score. You do think Jamie Vardy's gonna score. <laughs> What's, so what do you got?
2: Uh, noticeably, I did not put Jamie Vardy anytime goal scorer <laughs> in my bet. I was looking around. And this is one of the cases where DraftKings books have some like kind of strange numbers, at least to me. So I was looking at Liverpool at first was enticing. Liverpool minus 1.5, so win by two goals or more. That was plus 130. And um, I don't know. Liverpool's defense has been a little bit shaky. So they've been in a lot of one-goal matches lately. They're trying out something new. That didn't appeal to me. And then I'm scrolling through. And basically, I think Liverpool, I think they'll concede a goal, right? They've still been defensively suspect all year. But the both teams to score is not a strong bet given the high goal total. But I think Liverpool wins is a pretty good bet as well. And you can get Liverpool win and both teams to score at plus 145. And I don't know. This just seems like too good of odds for that type of outcome. I feel like a majority of the time it's both teams to score. And I think a majority of time it's Liverpool win. And, you know, I'm getting paid plus odds in this case. So. I think uh, I think I think that's a good number. I think that's kind of a I don't know about the other lines that I picked if they're weak lines, but if I had to say one line was kind of poorly drawn up by DraftKings, I would say it was this one.
1: Yeah, I I I feel the same way here. I think I like your bet here. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out just how these these Liverpool matches have been kind of been kind of a little bit all over. So what was it uh, started playing against Arsenal? So April 9th, they've had about seven matches of this Trent TAA Trent Alexander Arnold playing the central midfield role. And it was after that Arsenal match and after that Leeds one, you know, they're just controlling more of the ball. They're, they're playing with more of the ball. So I kind of felt like after those ones, I was like, OK, their their defense can be better, you know, less possession, you know, Trent's in the midfield kind of a thing. And he's kind of, you know, preventing a lot of stuff. So maybe, you know, that will help their defense. Uh, so I, I remember taking Liverpool to win in a clean sheet against Nottingham Forest. That obviously blew up in my face uh, in that whole match uh from there they gave up a goal at West Ham they gave up three against Tottenham and then they went they had back-to-back clean sheets against Fulham and Brentford Brentford surprisingly didn't really do anything Fulham maybe not as surprising so all that to say is I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen here but I think because Liverpool are away and they've kind of struggled away from home all season that that's kind of why I like this uh, for both teams to score but I do is Leicester going to get a point I guess that's the main thing. Can Lester get a point when you look at all their games? Probably not. Probably not. But uh, a lot of questions, as you can tell from that speech. A lot of questions. So this is my first corner bet, though. Uh, Haven't had a corner bet yet. uh, So I'm going to corners. Fortunately, this one's only minus 125, but uh, I'm taking it anyways. So we got over four and a half corners in the first half. I think Liverpool could get five corners by themselves. Maybe you know Vardy will get on a breakaway and and force a save out of Allison and, and force a corner, maybe a corner or two there for Leicester. But I think there's going to be chances here, whether it's Liverpool being an attacking third the majority of the match or or something else. I think there's going to be opportunities for corners and over four and a half corners first half. Read Jacks again here. Liverpool to win, both teams to score plus one forty five. So what do you think? Uh, I always ask Chris what he thinks about my corner bets and. And he is always like, well, I don't know. You're the corner guy. So what do you think about that corner bet?
2: Well, I don't know. You're the corner guy. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. Um, I mean, I think it makes sense in two different angles, right? You have a game script where Leicester decides just to go full throttle the whole game. And then there's mm-hmm. got to be corners in that sort of fixture. I mean, maybe that's bad for corners. Maybe Liverpool are just too clinical firing shots. But that feels good. An open game feels good for taking an over on corners. And then if Leicester sit back, I think that also feels good for Liverpool, you know, just getting five corners themselves in the first half. And then, you know, I think Leicester will end up with at least one. So you don't have to just have, you know, Trent taking five corners. Yeah, um, yeah I like it. I think, uh, I mean, you're the corner betting God. So I'm just going to tail you. I'll buy it.
1: I'll buy it. Trying to end this cold streak here. So Team Barley. Team Barley did not hit. Uh I had I had over three and a half Manchester City corners last week. Of course they finished with three. Uh, that was that was the match against Big Sam and Leeds. Uh, they managed three corners in that first half. I think they got two goals in three corners. so that, that's just how it goes. but
0: we're driven by the search for better. but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
1: As you can see on the screen, we got the cheat sheet, FPL cheat sheet, rotowire.com slash soccer trial free, 48-hour trial. And, of course, rotowire.com slash chat to get into our Discord. But we got all these other matches here. Team Parlay is, we're still up 804 uh, on the Team Parlay. Of course, this is Jack's first Team Parlay. So, uh, big shoes to fill uh, on the 11-20 and 20 combined record. But we are up 804, so that's the importance of, of getting the uh, at least a plus 200 odds on all these bets. Jack, you're going back to your squad though. So tell us about tell us about Aston Villa money line and this this bet on the team parlay.
2: Yeah, it pained me when you flipped the screen and I saw Aston Villa money line since uh, you are going to be directly against the team parlay <laughs> in this case. I decided that one of these times Tottenham is going to go down. And then they might win the game, or I'll just settle for the draw. And so I looked and I saw that Tottenham double chance. I mean, Tottenham's still a reasonably talented team. It's minus one sixty-five, so that's very thin, right? But this is probably going to be my only team parlay, so I'm going to take as thin as odds as possible. to guarantee that it's not. You want going the to one be my yeah, I want the one and all record. I want the one and all record very, very badly. But no, I mean, I just simply can't bet against my Tottenham Hotspur in this spot. And I guess what am I thinking? I think. I do think Aston Villa do score that early goal, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Tottenham take control of this match a bit later and then, you know, get the equalizer. So in this type of script, I'm imagining like a 1-1 type of type of result or maybe even 2-1. I'll certainly be cheering for a 2-1, but um, yeah, figured I'd just take a rip on the double chance and see what you had to combine so that we could make this into a nice, juicy, you know, plus 230 bet. I'll so what is your the, side?
1: I'll say for the fans first, if you don't want to do... If you don't want to make all of these bets that are on this show, uh, though, I mean, hopefully you have your own thoughts that you're just not going to bet Aston Villa money line and, and parlay spurs double chance here. But uh, Jack did have a secondary bet, which was, I think it was Tottenham race to five corners at like plus 180. So there's a secondary bet if you want to throw that. And I got another corners bet. I, I got to do it. So here we go. Southampton. Minus .25 corners in the first half against Fulham. That's plus 105 odds. <laughs> plus 105, combine that with Tottenham, double chance, minus 165. You're at plus 229 odds. So we got Southampton. I, I got to explain this, this bet every time. Uh, minus .25. So it's a little more difficult on the on the parlay. But as a single bet, if you did this, if these teams were even – on total corners, you'd get half of your money back. But if Southampton have more corners than Fulham, uh, you're going to win this bet. So there you go. That That's the explanation. So for this match, Southampton, Fulham. What do we got? Southampton probably going to be relegated, but what is there to lose? We saw them in the last match against Nottingham Forest. I think they had... I lost a bet on that one. They probably have five, six corners uh, in that first half against Nottingham Forest. They they kind of went for it. Nottingham Forest got a couple goals off the counter, kind of a thing. Why 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 don't they play the same way? Uh, nothing to lose here. Southampton need to score. They need to win. They need the three points. Why not go for it? So you're getting plus odds on them to have more corners than Fulham. Who I know Mitrovic is back, but I mean. He's going to help scoring goals and help you know getting headers on crosses and that kind of thing. But is he going to lead to more more corners? Uh, Probably not. Uh, Fulham coming off a big five three win. What's their mindset going to be? I guess the only worry is that it's like okay, everyone's like Mitrovic is back in the squad. We got to play. We got to play up for him in his first match back after eight. Or they're they're going to be like we just got five goals. We're, We're you know we're fat and happy. We're feeling good about themselves. I kind of think Southampton are just going to come out and maybe they get five corners in the first half again. So I like this bet. Plus 105. Southampton, minus .25 corners in the first half against Fulham.
2: There you go, Jack.
1: What do you think? think, Southampton all the way?
2: Yeah, I mean, for the listeners on audio, I started laughing when I was reading this bet just because it's – I'm not going to question the mad scientist, but – you see a corner's bet that's the start and then you have one of these quarter ball bets where you have the, <laughs> the draw no bet involved and then in the first half as well just for just Wait, to there's no there's it no draw
1: there. well okay, draw okay draw no bet
2: I guess it's, well, a it's not it's card. not draw
1: no bet because you get half of your money back
2: yeah draw, okay
1: draw no bet is
2: I guess you get just, all your money back yeah so, oh jeez I don't okay so
1: I think that right. Is read right? the
2: terms. Read the terms and conditions with these uh, quarter bets. <laughs> yeah, the quarter bet killed me, and then the first half killed me. But um,
1: I feel like I've explained this for like every show for the past month, and maybe I'm, I'm explaining it wrong. I, I had the wrong explanation, maybe from the start, and I'm just explaining it wrong every time. But I think that's right. I think that's right. Either way, I think Southampton are going to have more corners, so you're not going to lose this bet either way. So we're good.
2: We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Southampton have nothing to lose. They should just go for it and. uh, you know, Southampton stink, but Fulham kind of stink too. So I like it. Why not? There you go.
1: All right, Jack, that's it. That's the first show. Kits and Wagers, Beers and Wagers, Ants and Wagers, which you're going to attend to in a little bit here. But we got any other yeah. thoughts of, of game week 36 as, as we look at this this cheat sheet here? We got Manchester United, home against Wolverhampton. I mean, I kind of picked out all of the all the big games, but I guess we do have – so what do you think? Here? Manchester City at Everton. Everton just thrashed Brighton. Everton are home. Do you think there's a chance Everton can take a point from this game here? Manchester City, of course, Champions League, Real Madrid. We know what's going on there.
2: Uh, I mean, maybe. It's just because City are probably going to have to rotate their squad a little bit, and maybe Everton can just put in a good defensive performance at home. That would have shocked me to get a draw, but if they won, that would be quite shocking. I mean, City have been quite ruthless, though. They really need to win this match, so I think they mm-hmm. should. They're a pretty focused team. I mean, I certainly hope playing away at Everton is easier than playing Real Madrid at the Bernabeu, but uh, who am I to say? Sean Dyke, she's elite. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say that yet. Goodison is uh,
1: Goodison's good. Goodison's good.
2: I have a I have a live bet for the people, our six loyal listeners right now. Oh, here we go. If you're, if you're dabbling in the League MX uh, quarterfinals right now, we got Toluca is against is um, they're playing away at T-Grace and I think T-Grace are favored a bit too much in that one so if you want to sprinkle in the Toluca double chance I think you'll get plus odds on that one. T-Grace have been uh, rotating out a sort of uh, some of their attackers are missing they just haven't been playing too well lately and I think Toluca are a bit underrated they're a scrappy side even on the road so if you want to sweat out <laughs> League MX with us in the discord I, I'll I'd recommend the double chance personally, but that's just for fun.
1: Toluca double chance minus one twenty. A game that starts at we got eleven ten p.m. Eastern. So uh, for me, I'll I'll sweat that and then wake up to see I lost I lost uh, my money. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe Jack is a sharp better here. Maybe maybe he's the maybe he's the true league of MX sharp, and we just didn't know it all along.
2: Yeah, well, and if it's wrong, I'm fired. So there you go.
1: You're fired from the show for the season. There you go. All right, that's it for Kits and Wagers. Jack, thank you for joining me. Chris is is off uh, doing some more business travel, but we got this. Uh, we got the cheat sheet up. Erling Haaland minus 175 to score. All that good stuff. Um, yeah, uh, we got another double game week. Newcastle are home against Brighton. Uh, I believe that match is what Thursday then we got Champions League. Uh we got the DFS show. Uh, if you're into DFS, we got that show for DraftKings. That's Friday. Jack will have an article also for DFS. So we got plenty more content. We got a busy few weeks left. Game week 36, we got game week 37, and then I got to start hyping up this game week 38 where we're just going to give 10 bets each of us on the show. Maybe maybe I'll throw a Maybe I'll have you give 10 bets as well. Would you be ready to give 10 bets in a, in a show, Jack?
2: Oh man. If I uh, put pen to paper, semester's over. So I got a, I got plenty of time. So I'll get the, I'll get the computer. I'll get the spreadsheets running and uh, (laughs) we'll see.
1: If you're (laughs) 4-0. There we go. If you're 4-0, we'll do a three-way Kits and Wagers show and we'll have 30 bets. We'll give 30 bets out on one show. Uh, that's a lot. That seems like a lot. That is a lot, but uh, that's what RotoWire wire does for the people. We give 30 bets out for 10 matches. That's what we do. So, Jack, you can find him at Jack Burkhart. I am at Roto's a Drake. roto Soccer is at RotoWire Soccer on Twitter. Thanks for watching this. Like and subscribe. Always YouTube, podcast, whatever. Jack. See you at some point because you're going to be doing some more videos on the RotoWire YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, I'll hope hopefully see you all around. Please join us in the Discord; it's a great time. RotoWire.com/slash/chat. Cheers! Good luck, everyone.